This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're enjoying this podcast in Manawatu, you could make your very own, just like this one. NPR exists to help people like you tell your story or share your passion on air and online. Check out npr.nz for more information. On Monday the 30th of January, Environment Network Manawatu hosted a celebration event for their Environmental Initiatives Fund. The event featured presentations from five recipients of fund money talking about the impact that that funding had had on their various organisations. They were James Rea from Kairanga School, Beth Liu from Growing Gardens and Communities, Yoko Wakia from the Upcycling Club No. 1, Joanne Baird from Supergrands Manawatu, and Dr. Karen Seckham of Square Edge Community Arts. Manawatu People's Radio was there to provide sound support and recorded the event. Here's that recording now. Tēnā koutou katoa, ko Helen tōku ingoa, and thank you for being here this evening for a very exciting celebration of the Environmental Initiatives Fund's current grants and a chance for people who are interested in applying for the fund to um, get some more information so they can move forward with making amazing things happen. Just to open the space, I'd like to start with a quick waiata, and I'll put it up on the screen for you guys. This is a kind of call and response waiata, and we use this at ENM um, um, to start our meetings and finish our meetings as well and make that space sacred. Okay, so I'll call and you respond, and for the last two sentences, we do that together. Are we ready? Tepu. Te more. Te weo, te aka, te rea, te wao, te kune, te fe, te kore, te po, ko rangi, ko papa, ka puta ki te whaio, ki te aumarama, tihe maori ora. Kia ora. Thank you very much for that. Just a few little bits of housekeeping before we kick off. A little bit of health and safety stuff. I'll refer to my folder here. In the event of emergency, follow the instructions of the staff and exit the building via the marked exits. The evacuation assembly part is in the car park and there are first aid kits in the gallery if we shall so need them. Um, We are really excited to have Manawatu People's Radio here today who are going to be recording the speeches um, and these will be broadcast at a later time so more people get information about this. Um, We can talk about that at a later time, that's fine. Um, Also, there'll be photographs taken if you are not happy to be included in any photographs, just let us know. ENM generally uses our photographs on social media, um, on our newsletter and other such media. So please let me know if you don't want any photographs of yourself used as well. Just as a means of introduction, I have some of my colleagues in the room today. One of the very important people you need to know is Kerry, who is the administrator for the fund. He'll be the person, if you've applied, you've been talking to, or if you choose to apply, will be a really great source of communication for you. We have Nelson Harper, who's our Manawatu Source to See lead, and we have Dave. Where's Dave? Dave's still outside. Dave is our um, car resilience um, lead as well, so lots of ENM staff in the room today. I'm just going to continue with a really brief introduction about ENM and about the fund, and then we're going to move on to doing some celebrators. We're going to have five people talking today who've all been recipients of the fund and who are going to talk about the benefits and what this fund's helped them achieve as well. So ENM, we're quite a complex beast, actually. Um, This is one of the best things anyone's ever designed for us, so now I can do this with ease. We are 21 years old, actually 22 this year now, and we are a network of 60-plus member groups, 65 to be exact. And under um, Environment Manawatu, we have two collectives. We have the Manawatu Food and Action Network, and these are groups who are basically in the Kai Resilience area. And we have a project under this being the 4412 Kai Resilience Strategy, which is working in the 4412 about food resilience. 
We have the Manawatu River Source to Sea Collective, which again is a collective of about 20 groups, um, which works in the space of helping um, the Manawatu River thrive and be wonderful. And under that, there are two other projects as well. The Ruahini Kiwi Project, which is going to be introducing kiwi back into the Ruahinis by 2024, and the Palmy Plastic Pollution Challenge, which should have its first event very, very soon for this year. We've unfortunately had to cancel due to the um, weather this weekend. What kind of underpins everything we do and gives the stuff back is what we're talking about today, the Environmental Initiatives Fund, which gives money back to these projects for the community. So the Environmental Initiatives Fund is actually going to be starting on Wednesday, its third large grants round. And within that period of time, it's given 25 grants to community organisations, both large and small, which will have influenced thousands of people in our community. The fund is Palmerston North based, so it's for projects within that particular rohi. And it's mostly, um, and this year we have around $55,000 to give away as part of the large grants fund. The fund is actually funded by Palmerston North City Council. Thank you very much to them for their input and collaboration. And we distribute it on their behalf so wonderful things can happen by, for, and our environment. I'm not going to talk a great deal about what the fund has achieved because that's really for the people who are going to present today. But I'll just leave you with a couple of lovely photos and a lovely quote that somebody gave us as well about the influence that the fund has had on their organisation. So some of you might recognise yourselves in these pictures. These are some of the amazing projects that the fund has worked with. But this is just a lovely quote from one of the grant recipients um, from 2122. Your funding has boosted our morale and the volunteers have more active involvement in our activities. For example, not just turning up for the day to help me, they take more initiative and responsibilities to develop new activities which give me more time for preparations and planning. Overall, I feel our workshops have been improving and more popular just as a result of that input of that little bit of money to make things happen. I'm going to ask our first speaker to come up and talk a little bit to their project. As I mentioned, we're going to have five people presenting this evening, all with a really eclectic range of projects they're going to talk to you about. Each presentation will be about five minutes each, and then there's just going to be the chance to mix and mingle a bit, to ask questions, to learn more about the food, and to have a little bit of supper as well. So I'm going to welcome Karen Sikkim first, who is involved in Square Edge Community Arts. Welcome up, Karen. Kia ora koutou, ngā mihiki koutou. Ko Karen Sikkim ahau, ko kai toi ki Square Edge Community Arts in Palmerston North. I am the Artistic Director at Square Edge Community Arts. We're looking at the sad before picture, just in case anyone gets upset about what we've done with our funding. Um, uh, so I, I guess um, I feel like I've been in preparation for tonight's presentation all weekend. I've been out at Waimanawa retreats. I've been in in the Ngahere. I've been swimming in the river in the Awa. Um, and just really recognising the critical nature of the environment on our sense of well-being but also the privilege of being able to go out to a space like that and the need for spaces that can kind of make us feel that way within our city. Um, so even though our courtyard is nothing like an awa or a maunga or the nahiri, um, it is a space that we felt could be somewhere that was really um, welcoming and um, protective, I guess, for our community. So we're an arts organisation. Uh, we had this community area out the back that had a collection of rusty, sad chairs and tables. Uh, it still has the fake grass, sadly, that stuck down and we couldn't get it off the asphalt. Um, it's very hot, very dry. Uh, it smells of fumes because the gate backs onto a, a lane. Uh, people sat out there now and then to eat, but it wasn't a place you really wanted to spend time in and we found community kept dumping rubbish there. So there was lots of everybody's second-hand furniture they didn't want. Uh, we have, as you can see, big skip bins there um, that are really unattractive. They don't smell nice. Um, so it was a difficult area for us to, to make attractive. Um, do I have the clicker, Helen, or not? I've got to use... Oh, that's OK. Um, sorry. 
So the project that we undertook was to um, instigate some gardens, to put in some kai gardens, some gardens that people could use for rongoa, for medicine, for um, art making, because we have lots and lots of community who are there for different reasons coming into our space. Um, there's dancers, there's musicians, there's artists who tend to bring some of those elements into their work. Um, we have um, now got this beautiful thriving garden. We've got some shade in, um, which is critical for people using the space. Uh, we have an amazing uh, volunteer garden crew that are now set up. So um, the Spade Squad, as they're called, um, and we have volunteers who are coming from Creative Journeys, uh, who are one of our tenants, um, and they love the gardens and they're engaging with um, with Shannon, who's our is our volunteer coordinator for the gardens. Just keep clicking, Helen. Um, so we're growing fruit and veggies. We've got apple trees. Uh, we've got limes and lemons and all sorts of things. And for us now, I was just saying to Helen, it's really hard to quantify these impacts. But when I walk out into that space, we've got our garden crew out there laughing having fun, you know, pulling out weeds, learning about gardening, growing all these weird little pots of things that are popping up. Um, we've also got the, the public who are bringing their lunch and just sitting in that space. And when you walk through, you just see someone out there on their own, just actually engaging with the environment. Um, it's really hard to, to you know, to categorise that stuff as data, but you can see it, you can feel it. Um, I just got back to work last... Well, I'm still not back at work, but I got back to work last week to pop into the office and the gardener grabbed me as soon as I walked in and wanted to show me all the stuff that had grown over summer. You know, we've got tomatoes out there and, you know, people are picking vegetables and taking them home. And, you know, there's this huge engagement. There's this joy that it's brought to that space that was really quite depressing before. So, you know, that funding really supported that to happen... Um, the tables men's shed, so we've engaged lots of others. So men's shed have come in and made all the tables and bench seats. We got funding also from Eastern Central to top that up because that umbrella is, is a very expensive umbrella, um, you know, just to provide that shade. We've had garden beds built, which you can't really see, that have got trellis on the back that hide the bins, but we can roll them away. So we had to think quite creatively around it's, it's actually asphalt. We can't afford to dig it up. How do we deal with that? Um, yeah, so it's it's our little solution to that. Um, I think, yeah, a- application-wise, um, I'm not um, someone who is in this environmental space, so when I went to apply, I had to actually do a bit of research. Um, so I guess if any of you are in that same situation, you might all be um, avid environmentalists and know all of the language, but I actually had to think, well, what difference will this make from an environmental sense when I was applying? So I did a little bit of research and things like, you know, heat pollution and, um, you know, the way that plants actually operate to cool down an environment. All those sorts of things were part of that research that I had to do. So I felt like I kind of upskilled as well, Um, you know, and that was um, a big part of that application for me was I was learning as well as, you know, the people that are around me were learning in that space too. Um, you know, these guys have that knowledge, so if you are in that space and you want some support, I would definitely stop and have a chat to people afterwards. Yeah, kia ora. Nā mihi, um, and thank you. Perfect. I'd like to introduce our next speaker, who is Beth Lou from Growing Gardens and Community. Kia ora, Beth. Um, I'm really pleased to be able to come and talk to you about this because um, it's made a big difference for our group and the mahi that we've been doing to be able to have had um, the funding that Environment Network Manamatu distributed to us. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so we started a few years ago. We decided a group of us wanted to do some... Uh, uh, work in sustainability and they decided that resilience, food resilience was the area we wanted to work in. We thought we might do maybe some free gardening workshops and the first thing we did was we helped a couple people set up a garden in their backyard and then we click and then we moved um, we were given oh yeah, here's this, one of the other first people and we, we wanted to help um, 
empower people to grow food, and we wanted to help them uh, build a stronger sense of community and friendship. That was really important, so that we're, we're doing both of those things at the same time. Um, and we can click to the next one. Yeah, so we were given a couple beds at the Awapuni Community Garden. And we thought, okay, we'll do gardening workshops there. And we set up things, COVID came. We um, ended up uh, finally starting like in April (laughs) of of that year, 2020. And we did uh, a first workshop about winter gardening. But, we can click again, we found that, that most of the people that were interested were not able to actually come away from their own neighborhoods and come out to Awapuni to learn anything. So then we said, maybe we should be empowering people to start gardening in their own yards. And how, what would that look like? And could we get some funding? And, um, and I just kept talking to people and eventually talked with Environment Network Manawa too, and they encouraged me to apply. So the, these, those are some of the first gardens that we put in. We, I applied for um, the small grant because we're um, in, what have I, I put the words down here. We're not, <laughs> um, we're not uh, organized, we're not with a charity commission, we're just a small group of uh, volunteer people that wanted to do this. Um, so we had to go for the small fund, which was $500 for a year. But that was all right. And we thought at first we would end up buying uh, timber to make the beds and getting some compost in. And, um, and we, But the prices of timber went way off the roof. So then we found a recycled um, material that we could use for the garden boxes. And the Palmerston North City Council, as well as Landscape Supply Yard, gave us um, um, discounted prices on the compost. So we were able to put in, over the course of next two years, two years of funding, we put in about 20 beds. That was partly because I, I had a volunteer who could help me maybe twice a month, and we could go around and put in a couple beds. Then. This, this picture starts a new, a new uh, segue because Environment Network Monoma 2 applied for some funding to put in more beds and they were able to hire um, one of the people um, in this picture to, who, who could deliver these beds and compost um, to every week to two families. And so since September this past year, we now um, have like about 55 people have had gardens. So we jumped from 20 in two years to 55 at the end of another six months. That's so really exciting. So you can see we had a lot of help for this one. Um, do you want to click to the next one? Um, and yeah, so here's some more gardens that um, have been put in. So a variety of people right across the city but it's mostly focused, the majority is in the 4412 um, area, um, which is Highbury and Takaro and all around there. Um, yeah, and I think, yep, yeah, that's, that's probably it. So how, what did the, what's the funding helped us do? Well, at, from December, we had 42 families set up garden beds. 11 were put in before the extra support from M- Manawatu Food Action Network and the 4412 Resilience Project just this year. That's 31 more gardens, September to December. We used 99 packing boxes uh, and 20 cubic meters of compost and 40 fruit trees have also been planted since September. That goes with the, um, the funding that Environment Network Manawatu got. Okay, so we couldn't have done this without funding. We are using the small grant funding and ENM encouraged every single step that we took, and they encouraged us to apply for the small grant. It was easy. People helped me all the way, and it's really worthwhile. Thank you. Thank you, Beth. I'd just like to introduce our next speaker, who is James Freer from Karanga School.
Road on the corner of Rongatia Road, so we're a little bit out of town, um, out in the countryside, beautiful space, and right beside our school we have this amazing resource that belongs to the community um, that had sort of become a bit unloved, and so um, using this Environment Network grants we've been able to sort of get some projects up and running, get some children inspired, um, and start taking the, um, this little space back and use it as a learning resource that it's always needed to be. Um, so I was lucky enough to have one of the classes on an afternoon on a Tuesday and we went over and we had a look and it was a bit run down, but bit like your courtyard. <laughs> Hadn't been loved for a while. Um, and went in with the kids, they loved it. Just their uh, zest for life and wanting to learn and explore, they came back and they were buzzing and said, oh, what do you know? What, what did you see? And they go, we don't know. So our first step was to get in um, Sarah Galley from um, City Council and she came in and she worked with the children. We identified what plants we had. Um, we looked at sort of areas that we needed, so sort of gaps within our diversity. Um, and then um, the children also thought, how are we going to share this with our whole school? Uh, we're a school of 175 children. Um, and so going over there and coming up with um, a plan was one of the things that we needed to do. Um, so the original plan was with the Lions, so the Kairang Alliance went in, they did a whole lot of work. You see these structures in place that are really significant. Um, and the idea behind that was to make it a wetland, and they came to me when I first started in 2021 and said, why aren't you using this resource? Why, why is it just sitting idle? Um, and I said, well, it's got water in it. We can't let children go in there. It's a health and safety risk. If one of them drowned or something happened, then it's, that's, you know, I'll be on a noose. Um, so we had a plan and we went and we filled in the water bit now and we've planted that out and that's where our grant has been significantly spent. So over $1,000 worth of trees have been put in. Um, so these are the plans that the kids came up with. They wanted to know about birds and nature. They wanted to know about plants. They wanted to have a welcoming space. There's a, a shed there that we're working on currently where we can store some of our resources like... Um, the little bug catches with the viewers and things like that. Um, so all of that is still coming. It's a big, big plan, and it's still in action. Um, the uh, wetter houses and things like that. So the children designed um, little things. So that lemon with the tarata, so they found out a little bit about the history, what, what was its um, use within um, Māori um, his, history, how was it an important and significant plant to them. Um, and then, you know, what did it look like? How do you identify it? So that when other children went over there, they could see it. And then got a laser cutter that we can use, and so they, they laser etched it on there, and then we went and put it in, which was really exciting. It was heaps of fun. Um, the kids come up with a code because we want the children to be in there all the time, and children, they just want to have fun. And so all our hard work could go to um, waste, and they could trample down all our $1,000 worth of trees because they are still very small. Um, so they came up with a thing called a care code rather than the rules or things like that. So that, that was a bit of fun also. Um, our welcome sign. So all of these resources were bought with the money from the Environment Network grant. So going out and buying wood and all those sorts of things um, is not very cheap. Um, <laughs> and um, just I think we've had two grants. And just to give you... A, um, an idea, like in a school, reading, writing, maths is, is our our bread and butter. That's what we're there to do. These sorts of things are the, the extra bits on top that get children excited about life, that are life skills and those sorts of things. So our reading budget is four thousand dollars, and we've had over a thousand dollars from the Environment Network to go out over the two grants. Um, so it is a significant contribution, and we've been able to get some really neat things for this. Um, so these are the sorts of things that the kids were finding out, those information signs. Because when they went, they had no idea what they saw. They were just trees. And they made, made no difference to them what sort of trees they were. They couldn't find them and how many there were there. Um, we're talking with Sarah, finding out about pests. So again, going out and getting bits of woods and putting together traps to trap mice. And then they were able to go and track them and kill them because they found out that they eat the seeds and they eat the birds and they eat the birds' eggs and 
and the trapping and stuff was a really big part of the environmental learning for them, which was really interesting. Um, wetters, spaces for critters to live, wetters and bugs and slaters and all those things. Kids, especially the boys, they, they love those sorts of things and being able to investigate and find things. Um, so specifically making places where the kids could go and look and be safe. So the wetter houses have like perspex over them so that you can look and see from a distance if you don't want to touch. <laughs> um, but also it gives them a, a place where you know they should be. Um, the spades, the, um, we've got spades and trowels and that again was uh, one of the things that the grant allowed us to go out and get um, enough so that we could have a, a significant group of children out there working on it. So. Again, thank you very much for that money. It's, it's hard to come by in schools, and you know, every dollar counts. Um, but you can see the kids were enjoying their time. Um, if you are out there planting big spaces like we are, I'd like, you can spray, but I don't like spraying. So if you can plant and keep your planting wide enough and it's even enough, keep it mowable. It's the best way to keep it down and keep it looking attractive because the weeds grow faster than the trees. And so weeding is a constant um, battle. Um, and another tip, if you are looking at planting terry at the um, Manawatu Native Plant Nursery, if you're doing it at your own homes or if you're doing any planting around your places, he's out on Flyger's line, um, a real hidden gem in his knowledge. So he came out, again, helped us out, and um, after talking with Sarah, he said, these are the plants that will grow really well. This is what's missing from your, your, your biodiversity within your reserve already. He spaced them out and planted them so that we're not planting over the top of each other and they've got room to grow. So again, a, a nice lot of learning for the children. Um, birds and bird houses, so feeding the birds, um, you know, finding out that plants don't flower all the time and the seeds aren't there. And so the kids are going, oh, how do we keep birds in there? And you know, what, what do the birds look like? How do we know? So again, there's little signs everywhere and the birds, bird feeders were good fun to make. So work we've still got to do, um, greenhouse um, plantings and seedlings, we want to get this ongoing thing. We weren't buying all the time, so getting Terry in and helping us propagate and um, get, get the plants that are there that are ju juvenile ones and, and growing them up and then being able to plant them where we want um, is a good idea. A composting station, again, to deal with all that grass. Um, <laughs> picnic area and bench seating so if we're going to take the children over there we want a space where we can sit them down talk to them, make sure that when they're exploring as, as learning that they understand the, the learning process and what, what they're there for um, the pathways are getting connected up which connect the school so we can make sure it's really open and a space where it's easy to monitor um, and then keeping that supportive network of community um, community probation they, they had said initially that they would come and help us with the weeds, but um, I think with COVID that's sort of all gone by the by, so re-initiating re that contact. Um, so yeah, again, thank you for Environment Network. The application process is, I think, one of the easiest. Being a school, we apply for lots of grants and things, and yours is by far the, the easiest to manage, and one where you, know, you can pick up a phone, you can talk to somebody. Um, the timelines are nice and timely. Um, you, you get the money when you need it. Um, whereas a lot of these grants, it's hit and miss. Um, you, you often don't get what you need, and then you know, you, you've got some money, but not all the money. And I heard you saying you had to go off to Eastern Central to get the top ups for the things you wanted to do. And so I, I love it that it's, it's a known pot of money that you're putting the money in, and it's, it's going to do the job that we need it to do. So thank you for that. Thank you for um, supporting us. I'll get out of the road. Thank you very much, James. Our next speaker is Yoko Waikia from Upcycle Club One. Hello, thank you for having me. Uh, we started our group at Square Edge about 12 years ago and shifted to Temana seven years ago. Our aim is to make things beautiful, useful, or just fun things out of recycled items. And the fund we were kindly given boosted our morale so much. So some of the people, some of the volunteers 
attitude was, oh, I'll come if I can. And when the day comes, they'll turn up. Oh, what can I do? Then after day's work, they would say, okay, see you next month. Uh, I never knew if I was going to see them or not. But except for one lady who was very, very responsible, uh, who is good with this sort of thing. Her specialty is uh, weaving, but she makes all sorts of interesting things. Uh, other people got interested, like Helen was saying. Other volunteers started getting more interested and taking more initiatives. And they would think about something new. They would put more emphasis on their work. So everything got lifted, I felt. And especially two things that benefited from funding was the origami project and the entirely new project that we call bottle top project. So can I talk about origami? You may not think origami has got anything to do with environment or conservation, but we can use lots of paper from many other sources. Like just handouts or printout or last year's prices. <laughs> we can just fold them and cut them square. And these were bought paper, these two or three. Others were all from magazines. And workshops, they are good, aren't they? And all over the world, origami is getting very popular. And I was very, very surprised with this paper. This is from Germany. And according to their website, they make all sorts of arts and craft items. And this art paper is called Art Origami and printed with Peter Brueger's paintings. And they had Monet and uh, Van Gogh, among others. So I was very surprised that they are doing this sort of thing. Uh, origami paper used to come only from Japan and China, but now from Germany as well. So this is a very good way of introducing people for recycling. You can use this sort of paper. And you can buy fancy paper. That's the paper people used to use, beautiful paper. But we cannot afford this sort of thing. But uh, thanks to the funding, we could buy this sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Just for treat. And this is a good way of introducing children to the origami. This is a special sort of paper, and they can make this monkey. Mm -hmm. So we have to spend money, but I think, I think it's worth it. And one day, they will be able to make mighty ape. <laughs> Amazing, isn't it? This is made from this long piece of paper. So origami project benefited a great deal, but since other volunteers started working on their own, taking initiatives, they gave me more time to think about other things. I used to do everything, uh, preparing things, purchasing things, thinking about things, fundraising, uh, applications for funding making samples, but now I have lots of free time. So, this is the project we started, which we call Bottle Top. 
games. We made quite a few water top games. Uh, this one is called Match the Colors. Good for toddlers, but for other schools and old people's facilities, hospitals. And this one is called Tower of a Leaning Tower of Pisa. You can put about 26 of them. And that one is uh, Giza, Great Pyramid of Giza. You can stack up about 60 things. And using remnant materials, we make bags. And we were giving them away really nearly before, but inspired by this couple, we went to Ukraine in July last year. We decided to give some of these games to them, and we are soon going to send one sample box and see if they want more. But these games can, pardon? These games can be enjoyed by all sorts of ages, and they can be made by all sorts of people. And this is another way of introducing, good way of introducing people for recycling. Uh, today, I was given by the staff members of Temanawa the bag full of those bottle tops. Uh, Helen has been collecting those tops for us too. And also a cafe on Main Street. And even Palmerston North Refuse uh, Recycling Center has been collecting for us. So we are having hundreds of bottle tops. Uh, the extreme, the right one, is called Tower of Hanoi, invented by a professor of mathematics in France about 140 years ago. We need jar lids. So we can use bottle tops, jar lids to make up quite a few games. And then one thing leads to another. This top is good for the top of Tower of Hanoi. What do I do with this? Oh, maybe tempting boring. <laughs> you know, that sort of thing. And maybe swipes. Can we make any games using this? There must be hundreds of thousands of these floating around there somewhere. See? So, we would like to expand more. So in conclusion, we benefited a great deal, just even in these two things. The birth of new program, Autotop Games, and the other one, expanding and improving our origami program. So we are very, very grateful. Thank you. Thank you. Our last speaker from the evening is, I've just had a mental block, Joanne, that's terrible. How am I forgetting your name? Joanne Baird from Super Grands Manawatu. I just want to say, Yoko, how inspirational that was. And, um, and, um, really inspirational and, and what a hard act to follow. It's not, you never know whether you want to be last or not. Um, I'm Joanne Baird and I have the privilege of being the manager of Super Grands Manawatu. And I've been with the organisation coming up eight years actually, and sort of fell into it and um, don't see myself leaving in a hurry. Um, Supergrounds Manawatu was um, founded in 2005 and um, our vision is a community that utilises its resources to ensure all people have sustainable life skills to support them in an equitable future. So lots of lovely words there, but how do we actually do that? And we want individuals and whānau to take greater control of their own future. 
And the way we believe that is able to happen is to actually teach them skills, to educate, so that they then can do it themselves. So we do a lot of things at, at Supergrands, but a couple of years ago um, I felt that there was a bit of a gap in um, preserving that was, it was being, being taught. And um, so I started with one of my volunteers in her kitchen and learnt a lot of skills in that afternoon at, um, and then realised that this was actually bigger than what I could do. And we were very fortunate that um, this grant was available and so we applied for them for the start. So we needed the equipment first. Um, so the first thing we did was get the equipment and then the following year we applied again and we're um, very grateful. And um, I had employed a wonderful person, um, Bex, if any of you know her out in the community, on a temporary contract. And so this, the grant that we got from, um, from E&M enabled me to actually secure her permanently because any of you out there know it's the people that actually do the mahi and if you've got good people around there, around you, then you can actually um, do the work that you need. So Bex has been preserving up a storm in the community since. Um, just growing so much bigger than I ever thought um, it would be able to go. And um, so in the last year, we've, we've had 500 items that we give to the food banks. So we partner with Community um, Fruit Harvest. They um, harvest the excess fruit out there. We um, collect it, well, Bex does, and um, we preserve. Most of what we have is donated, so the jars we get are donated. These wonderful um, crate things, I suppose, that the preserves are in. Bex's husband made those so she can transport the hot jars around easily. Um, we scrub all the labels off. We get lots of donations of jars. At, um, most of the fruit is donated. We're lucky to get um, sugar from Just Silch. Um, and so the grant enables me to have Bex to be able to do it and also the equipment. And then she goes out into the community and... Um, Teaching, preserving, you know, those skills that um, are um, a little lost in the community but are so, so important, particularly at the moment and will be more so. Um, they're not difficult skills when you know how, it's just having somebody um, teach you. Uh, we use, Supergrounds Manawatu has a wonderful um, source of volunteers and um, if you could imagine five or six different um, volunteers in the room, they all have a slightly different way of preserving, but that just adds to the conversation in this space. This was a... Um, we'd done quite a bit of work with... Um, Bex has down at Best Care Whakapaihaora and um, this was um, some plums that she was doing and this was just an article in the Manawatu Standard so um, we like when we get publicity. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, we, and you were in the audience too. That was a real faux pas. But, um, sorry, Judith. So here's our preserving kit. So basically Bex can go anywhere where she's got water and a stove. And we have everything else in these kits. And our grant helped us actually um, start these kits. Um, pretty mobile, right down to the trolley. You name it, she's got everything. We've begged and borrowed or op-shopped what we didn't buy new. Um, and um, we've had some some some... There's quite a bit of money in, but oh, well, actually, you can see the op shop plate right in the middle there, because uh, it's important to have the right plate to know whether it's set the jam, apparently. And there's some nods, I can see <laughs> Beth nodding. So having the right equipment means that we can actually go out into the community wherever anybody wants to learn. It, um, and so that's really important. So we're mobile, we can actually go to them. We don't have premises, Supergrounds Manawatu, so we can go wherever, as long as there's some water. And, and actually we don't even need the stove because we have, have um, elements now that we've purchased as well. So as long as we've got water. It, um, so it's wonderful. So um, really good things happening there. We now have two preserving kits um, so that we can actually have two workshops happening at the same time or we're not having to 
worry about getting one back if it's um, out in the community. At the end of last year, um, our bank very nicely had overcharged us for years in fees, and so we had a refund, so we bought ourselves a little dehydrator. It, um, and we're having a lot of fun with our dehydrator. Um, the, the rosemary is from Hancock House. They have an edible garden there, and we actually go and prune their, their, um, their, their rosemary um, hedge, because that's what it is. Um, if anyone needs any rosemary, there's plenty there. I'm sure Tim would be happy. And again, we put these into the food banks, because it's all very well having food, but you know we all want to have a little bit of extra f- flavour in it as well. So we're, ex- oh, again, it's the royal way. Bex is experimenting with herbs and, um, at the moment, and we are then um, packaging them up and they go to the food banks. The apple chips is about having healthy snacks for children, so that's why we're doing the apple chips, so they also go to the food banks, so there's an alternative for lunch times. Um, and she's experimented. They do have a bit of cinnamon on them because we did a bit of a taste test and we like them with just a bit of cinnamon on them. The other thing that we're involved with is um, a few things. So those of us who are sewers, um, and if there's any of you out there, know that you'll have lots and lots of bits and pieces in your... your, um, your cupboard, and um, we use everything. So I had, um, I had hoarded, I suppose, merino scraps from a project that we do with um, Tapatora and the um, delivery suite, and I knew that eventually something would happen, and we had so many scraps in the end that our volunteers turned these into beanies. They're double lines, they're absolutely beautiful, um, and they go to the delivery suite. The, the wool, the beautiful, um, it's a lovely colourful picture there. We got donated wool, so I give that out to my volunteers and say, knit whatever you like. And they go, um, Methodist Social Services got that beautiful lot, and um, that goes out into the community. So we're using absolutely everything that's coming in our way. The woolen blankets, <laughs> it's getting a bit of a competition for woolen blankets at the moment because they're so hard to get. But we're involved with Mokapuna Aura with um, the Wahakura project. Um, oh, there's my... <laughs> Got to be careful when I take these sachets around, I have to say. But the, the, these are, this is parsley here, so... <laughs> I let my little thing... This is not a full-size Wahakura. This is a, a doll-sized one that I bring out for... So this is a a traditional um, sleeping space and we're involved with helping with the linen and the blankets. Again, um, we repurpose woolen blankets, we cut out the stains, we um, take out those little little scraps and then we we edge them with satin ribbon and they go with every wahakura that goes out into the community. and those blankets come up beautifully. So, again, we're keeping those blankets out of the landfill. We, um, we had good numbers, and Judith did us an article on that a while back. Let's get the right paper. But, um, another project that we're really, that Bex also runs from there. So, this coming year, or the year that's just been, it was 101 beanies that we put out, 177 blankets and 87 um, garments, and basically I give free range, you knit whatever you like. It um, went to um, either Methodist Social Services or somewhere else to distribute into the community. So workshops is the main way that we actually deliver our service out into the community, and certainly with um, Bex's role. Um, This is a children's one, they did dumplings here. Um, There's a couple in the community. We have sewing workshops three times a week in our premises, and we have knitting and crocheting once a week. Um, And they're about um, teaching people to not just sew new things, but actually adapt what they may have purchased from the op shops or mend what... um, Oh, look, is that time? Was that... (laughs) It's five minutes. Um, uh, yeah, and, and actually, um, you know, mend what, what's there and, um, and teaching those skills so that people are actually empowered to take control of their own situation. Um, and just very quickly on the workshops we had um, this last year, with another disrupted year, um, 209 sessions, over 300 participants, and for us, which is 
just as important as our clients, you know, just under a thousand volunteer hours. So people actually volunteering for us. Um, Super Greens, um, the name is, is a little misleading. Our volunteers are not all um, elderly. It, um, they're all ages, and um, we do have, have one male volunteer at the moment. At, so they're off. And um, yeah, we, we welcome anybody. The... Um, a little bit what everyone said, the application was very simple to do. I've always found that to get on the phone, Kerry seems to always answer it. And, um, you know, very, very welcoming. It was a simple application to, to follow. And, um, you know, I encourage you to apply. It, um, even if you think that you might not quite fit, give them a call and somebody will answer. Um, certainly the staff that are here are very friendly, not frightening at all. Perhaps Dave in the kitchen might be a little frightening. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, Supergreens Manawatu is very grateful for that support to be able to continue our work, and um, yeah, hopefully, um, you know, we'll get more more grants in the future. And, um, thank you. Thank you very much indeed to all our guest speakers and these wonderful stories of what's been achieved with this amount of money from this fund. We welcome you to stay and have a cup of tea and refreshments and have a chat to the people who are good to talk to if you want to apply and about these amazing people who've had these wonderful projects funded as well. And um, Before we um, bless the food, we'll just finish with our karakia. So if we're ready again for our call and response. Tepu. Te more, te weo, te aka, te rea, te wao, te kune, te fe, te kore, te po, korangi, ko papa, kaputa ki te whaio, ki te marama, tihei maoriora. Ki ora. Thank you so much for coming everybody. Please enjoy. You're listening to Manawatu People's Radio Te Reo Irarangi on the Tangata o Manawatu and you've been listening to our recording of the celebration for the Environmental Initiatives Fund. The event was presented by Environment Network Manawatu at Te Manawa on Monday the 30th of January 2023. The Large Grants Fund is open from the 1st of February at Environment Network Manawatu Check out www.enm.org.nz for more information. If you'd like to hear this recording again or share it with a friend, it will be available on demand at www.npr.nz slash show slash specials. If you enjoy this NPR podcast, please consider subscribing. Our podcasts are available on all major podcasting platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Spotify, as well as the accessmedia.nz app. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.npr.nz forward slash donate.